Uh, all right, guys. So here today we have Jason. There's our special guest. He has been in the industry for over 20 years. 20 years before I was born. We have Max, co-founder as well. Hello. Jason, how are you doing today? Good. Good. How about Good. yourself? Good. All right. Let's start off with a simple question. Um, what do you do for a living? How long have you done it for? So I work as a financial advisor. Right. I've done it for over 20 years in yeah. the business. Um, and basically the idea is I have multiple clients mm -hmm. and I act as somebody who, as both an educator Correct. of financial markets mm -hmm. and also somebody who executes what investments we want to make for the purposes of growing those assets or creating wealth within right. your portfolio. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what do you usually do on a daily basis? So on a daily basis, most of my day is really on the phone with clients. Right. Um, you know, if you're talking about daily, like full day, I mean, start, wake up in the morning, spend yeah. about an hour getting accustomed with what took place overnight in the markets. Right. Um, as you know, markets are 24 seven. Yeah, so yeah. just because our market is closed, doesn't mean something's not going on in China, right. Australia, Japan, right. or one of the rest of the markets in the world. Yeah. So <clears throat> you usually get accustomed to what's going on. And then throughout the day, most of my day is spent calling my client base mm -hmm. to not only educate them as to what's going on, but to also educate them to our ideas as to what we think we should be doing going forward to take advantage of any current situations. Right, so here in Florida, our governor just signed a bill pushing the financial literacy, pushing this education. What was it like when you were a kid? Because I know it's something different because we live in a different day of age, so would you like to explain? Yes, um, it was very different in my day and age. Um, and I only say that because there wasn't as much of a push to make the world literate of certain financial topics. And what I mean by that is, even in high school, right. I took an economics class. It was a little bit, a little bit of, including a little bit of finance, but not necessarily enough to really educate you about what was out there from an investment standpoint. Right. Um, today's world, I mean, you can literally pick this up. Right. Look up anything you want in finance and have a real yeah, yeah. understanding of what everything means, whether it's by video, whether it's by text. It really doesn't matter if you show the initiative to want to learn it. Mm -hmm. So what would you recommend to someone who would like want to start to like learn about financial literacy? So I've been a huge fan and proponent of, of reading anything you can get your hands on. Yeah. Um, there's a number of websites out there that you know are great uh, as far as just giving you things to read to talk about the economy. Um, what I tell everybody is, is read, 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 read. Because you're gonna get to something in that reading that's gonna create a question. Mm. And then again, pick this little guy up and what is, yeah. what is this? And the yeah. answer is right there in front of you. Now, there are points where you're gonna have to put things together. That's the cool part about finance. Mm. Yeah. Put three or four different thoughts together to create what may be one common thought when you're looking at, okay, what is this investment? What does this mean? What happens when this happens? But ultimately the tools are all here for you to be able to do that research yourself. Mm -hmm. Now what's your preferred style of trading? I'm, a, I'm really a long-term trader. Right. Um, to get into the weeds, I would tell you I'm more of a value investor. Mm. And what that means is, is when I'm looking for investments, I'm looking for investments that provide a value based on their current valuation. Right. Mm -hmm. When I explain that, what I mean is there are certain assets that are growth oriented. Mm. I can look at growth 
growth opportunities and say, okay, this may not have a cheap value right now, but this business is expected to grow leaps and bounds. So my investment in that space would be something that I'm not worried right now about valuation. I'm worried about them executing their long-term goal. Give you an idea of what I'm talking about. If you were to invest right now for something that would be profitable when the metaverse becomes a larger part yeah. of our economy, that would be something you're looking at that maybe isn't profitable right now, but could be very profitable that makes a lot in sense. the future. So what are your views on the market right now? Well, I'm sorry. I your views on the market right now? It's a little choppy. So, yeah, I mean, look, anytime that you go through a change in some of the economic conditions in, in the world, right. you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna see you know, volatility. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, volatility is up and down. Yeah. yeah. But the downside is what creates those opportunities. Yeah. When you look at interest rates, mm. when you look at inflation, when you look at unemployment, these are the kind of things you've got to look at to say to yourself, okay, what is the future of some of these companies that I'm thinking about investing in? What does the bond market look like going forward because of the changing interest rate dynamic? Mm-hmm. What happens to us as an entire economic, as an entire economic, let's say, country, when all of a sudden costs of food, oil, go up tremendously? Mm. How does the world handle that and what are the what are the ramifications to the rest of the world remember the u.s is just one small part of what makes up the global economy yeah right and historically going down has allowed the economy to to travel up higher yeah well it it goes back to the simple premise that i tell a lot of clients that i deal with which is you could show me anything and there's a value to anything right this has a value Mm. this has a value right Anything in front of us has a value. That shirt has a value. Yeah. So at the right price, anything could be bought for yeah. gain. Mm. At the wrong price, it could be bought for it loss. Could be bought for loss. In yeah. reality, you could own something that is an absolute fantastic company. Right. You can own an investment that's backed by that company. And yet still, the time in which you purchased it was just the wrong time. Mm. And that's where the analysis and the due diligence comes in where you have to look at any investment you're gonna make and analyze whether or not you're paying the right price or the wrong price. Right. And that's how you make a good investment okay. versus a bad one. So you, you know that you played college basketball, right? Yeah, that's the rumor. So uh, <laughs> what has the game of basketball taught you? Because people can usually take other life experiences and apply it to stuff. Strategy. Right. Um, when you think about certain things in all sports, a lot of it is preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one thing, and obviously going through and playing basketball at a young age, mm-hmm. you can live off of your athleticism. You can live off of some of the talent that you've honed in your own practices. Yeah. When you get to the college level, you need to now understand how to do enough due diligence to understand your opponent. Mm-hmm. Everybody at that level plays at an elite level. So the preparation is what separates you from the next guy. Film, game tape, how how does your opponent play defense? How are you going to attack that defense? Those same strategies I take into today's work world. So for me, if I'm looking at an investment, I need to study that company over a period of time. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to read what the CEO is saying. Mm -hmm. I need to understand the conditions that that company is living in I need to understand how they're setting up their offense, 
how they're planning yeah. on taking market share. Yeah. That way I can look at it and say, at what point is this a valuable investment for me and where do I think that that value really can get unlocked going forward? And that allows me to put a time frame and also what I believe is an actual true value for that investment. Yeah, I agree with that. I um, There's this famous developer here. Her name's Ava Jane, and she also plays sports. And I remember a couple of years ago we were talking about it, and she was like, basketball is a great sport because it teaches you focus because think about you being on the free throw line, getting ready to shoot, and you got the crowd screaming, and it's about being able to stay locked in. It's the same thing with life. Sometimes life throws stuff at you, throws... Um, like things are trying to throw you off your main goal, and it's about being able to like deflect those stuff and staying forward. You know, Elijah, that's a great point. And, yeah. and the reason I, I say that is because one of the best things I did in business, myself, um, in my business throughout, throughout working, and, and the reason I bring this up is because it's important to understand that, you know, throughout your life, you can tweak what you do mm-hmm. to make you a better participant, whether that's in investments, whether that's just being a person. So as I go through life, I realize that emotion was something in my job that allowed me to make mistakes. Those are mistakes I couldn't afford to make. So for that, I had to extract a lot of the emotion out of my day-to-day job, which is not easy in the beginning because you have to learn. Basketball, like you said, was a good way for me to go back in time and think about, okay, how? was I able to extract emotion so I wasn't nervous on the free throw line. Yeah. So at the end of the game when I'm taking the last shot, I'm not thinking about, oh, am I going to miss? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, okay, where are we going to dinner after I hit this shot? And yeah. that's the process you should be thinking yeah. about because it removes that fear, mm-hmm. that greed. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that are going to deter your business. Yeah. Right, so who first introduced you to the world of finance? Because for me, it was my parents. Everybody has a different story. Yeah, so my story is interesting. I, um, I really wasn't, I wasn't even aware, um, is a good way to put it, of finance and of the world of investments or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, but I became aware when I was told, I, I was basically told by my father I needed to have a relationship with my grandfather. Nice. And that relationship would consist of him dropping me off at my grandfather's apartment on a Sunday, my grandfather and I sitting in a room having very little conversation for two hours, and then me leaving. And every day I would get in the car and my dad would go, what did you guys talk about? And I would say nothing. And it was boring. And I don't see the value I'm getting out of this. And at the time, my grandfather and I didn't have a strong, strong relationship. I mean, it's my grandfather. He was an old guy I hung out with every once in a while. Um, But then my father gave me probably the best advice now I ever got, which was ask him what he likes. If you guys don't talk about anything, just ask. Yeah. People see what he talk thinks. About what they yeah. Like. They'll talk about yeah, what they like. Talk forever. So, problem was for the first for the next two weeks, golf oh. became our subject of discussion. I love golf. Right. Well, I didn't. Okay. So this was boring to me, even worse. I sat there, and now we just talked about a sport I didn't even like. I like it now, but I didn't like it then. Yeah. So my father said, "Ask him about what else he likes." Okay. So I asked. The only other thing he really liked, he said, was the market. And I said, what's the market? Like the supermarket? (laughs) And he said, no, the stock market. Now, Sundays it wasn't open. So the thing was is that we weren't able to watch it, which is what he liked to do. So in reality, what it became was talking about what had happened the previous week. Mm -hmm. Now, there are two things I accomplished this. One, 
I got to learn about stock markets in a stock markets for dummies type atmosphere. And the reason being is because that older person that I thought of was just somebody that sat across the table that was related to me by blood actually knew a lot. And he knew a lot about these subjects. So I could ask him anything about his wisdom and we started from just building a foundation. So not only did it help me to start understanding that this was something that was a passion and interest that I had and that I thought of as a possibility for something in the future, but it also allowed me to have a relationship with somebody that I probably wouldn't have had if it hadn't have been for that insistence that I get to know the guy. To this day, um, you know, there isn't a market close that I don't think about him because we spoke every day mm. when the market closed. So ultimately, that's a little bit of how I got into it. So, yeah, so that's how you chose your career path? Or like it's one of the... That's how, that's what created my interests. Okay. Um, what, make, what made you choose to go down this career path? So when I first came out of college, I knew I wanted to be in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, basketball didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, not many offers from the NBA at the time. So uh, <laughs> let's just say that I decided to go towards finance. Um, and ultimately when I got into the business, I wanted to be associated with markets in any way. And when I say markets, that could be fixed income markets, that could be stock markets, but I knew I wanted to be on wall street and be in the mix. Mm -hmm. Unbeknownst to me at the time, I got an offer from a company in New York city that was a very old school. And the reason I put that and I say that is because at a time that I came out of school in the 98, everything was about growth. Everything was about tech. Everything was about... So an old school company wasn't really looking at that. Bingo. The dot-com bubble. When I said earlier about value, they didn't look these guys were value. So they were teaching you about kicking the tires of a company. Mm-hmm. They taught you about reading a balance sheet. They taught you about how to understand debt. Mm-hmm. Not about EBITDA or all of these metrics that they were going to yeah. use to explain growth and explain their way out of not being profitable. So ultimately, for while I worked at this older company, I was amongst my friends considered like, you know, what are you doing? You know, what are you, we're working at all these really <laughs> sexy, hot tech companies and, you know, you're working for these old fuddy-duddy guys. They're even making you wear a suit still. Yeah. At the end of the day, today, my success, I can say a lot of it hinges down to some of the tutelage I got from some of those old school guys, mm-hmm. right? Those guys that taught me to understand certain things about markets, things that have been around for a hundred years, right. not four or five. And that was a way that I really, I think that allowed me to succeed and allowed me to build some of the base that is some of the investing principles that I still hold to this day. Right, and that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes it's always better to learn from the basics. Some people love doing the most advanced stuff, but if you master the basics, everything falls into place. The same thing with basketball. You first learn how to dribble, then you learn how to shoot. You just don't go doing like between the legs crossovers and everything. That's exactly. Got to learn to walk before you can run. That's exactly the case. Part of when I'm building, you know, for a new client, part of when I'm building um, an investment account, one of the things I tell them is when we're talking about assets and what we're doing in the beginning, I tell them when we're building this financial picture, remember, you don't put the windows in before you put the foundation of the home in. Yeah. So you've got to build that foundation first, which a lot of times is all about saving first, Mm. putting money away, getting in the art of saying, hey, I should be paying myself first. Yeah. It's not selfish. 
What it is is you're saying yourself it's important and it can make a load of difference. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think a big, not a big, I don't say a problem, but a, a big thing is people always want results fast. And I think it's very important that it, does, it takes a while to be great at something. Mm-hmm. So what, so you've been in the business for 20 years. That's a very long time, but of course you face some type of comp, some type of hardship throughout that learning period. And still maybe often, I hope not, but would you like to explain like some of the hard things that you face maybe being in this market? Well, yeah. So let's, uh, let's see. I started in 98. So I think I've been through three recessions and a depression. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, it included pandemic in yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately I've seen a lot as mm. far as markets and, and fear mm-hmm. and risk and elevated issues where people are questioning the sanctity of the investment community and the markets and really where, where some of our economy is gonna go going forward. And what I've realized in my time is one of the most important things is clients just wanna know that you're there. Right. Um, they wanna know that you're aware and they wanna know you have a plan. Yeah. So ultimately what happens is in the beginning of any kind of shock mm. environment, your first thing is to understand what's going on, figure out how you're gonna approach what's going on, and then figure out your plan going forward to help moderate the risk to your client. Mm. Because remember, a lot of times when you're dealing with clients and investments, a client can tell you, hey, you know what? I love risk. I wanna make as much money as possible. <laughs> Until the risk shows up, and then all of a sudden they're saying, they whoa, 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 this is not what I had in mind. Exactly, yeah. and again, like we said before, yeah. that's emotional. Yeah, you gotta take the emotions on. Right, the so part of what my job to do is to make sure that you understand that this is not the first time we've seen this. Right. I have a thing on my desk, and it's a piece I keep there that was written by another financial firm. And it's the 85 times the world was gonna go broke. <laughs> because this happens a lot. We have a lot of fear um, situations that come about and make right. people think, oh man, this is never gonna get better. Yeah. And then it works its way out. So I think the most important role I can have, and any advisor can have is, making sure that he stays in contact with his client because the client has to be aware of what's going yeah. on so then they can moderate their own risk and how much they should have at risk. Trying to relieve some of their emotions. Exactly. And stress. Makes it better for everyone. Totally. Totally. Mm. That, that has exactly the same to do with playing sports or anything in life is that sometimes things happen but you can't react. You have to like stay, not st- I won't say stone face, but it could keep your composure, keep your feelings in check. I will say in high school I was a force sport athlete and for me nothing trained me better for my profession than sports right um because there were a few different things that allowed me to figure out how to do one it allowed me to understand how to lead mm-hmm. and that didn't come you know as a freshman right. yeah. that came as a senior when i figured out oh this is the way that other guys want you to lead them and show them right. i figured out how to work with others um, I was a team sport guy my whole life. Yeah. So for me, it was all about making sure that that team was one unit as a whole. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that has to do with making sure that your teammates appreciate you. They obviously have your back, but they believe in you as well. Yeah. So a lot of that you know, gets created over time. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think sports were just, sports are, 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 are the way to help build a lot of the tools that you may need later on in life they can be built other ways don't get me wrong you know it's not just sports 
But to me, that was an asset that really helped. No, I 100% agree. Like, for my basketball team, you're my assistant coach. Yes. Um, fun <laughs> fact, but you know that you met me when I was 15, turning 16, sophomore. It's, um, didn't get too much respect, but one thing I, you know, I struggled with was learning how to talk to people. Yes. And it'll sound like I'm like being rude, but I usually just want the best. And I think it's a good thing because it shows like I've gotten better at it. Yep. Now that I'm one of the captains, I'm leading the young guys, trying to build a culture at our school. I think it's very important about what you were saying about being able how to deal with people, how to keep your emotions in check. Because I can't, if everybody sees me losing it on the sideline, they're going to start losing it. But they see me keeping composure, keeping my face focused. Like, come on, guys, everybody keep on going. It helps the team. Like we, we win, we all win, right? That's, I win, we all win. That's exactly the premise, you know, that yeah. ultimately, and what happens is over time, like you were saying, maybe a few years ago, guys were looking at you saying, okay, he doesn't really, yeah. you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not in this role, we can't count on him for whatever reason being. And it's yeah. usually wrong, right? but it's usually their own opinions. Yeah. And then Elijah, they see the work you put in yeah. and they see the amount of time you spend dedicated to your craft. Yeah. And they see the work ethic and then they say, okay, that guy's putting in so much time, I can get behind that guy. Right. You know, I've used you many times and you know this. Yeah. You've heard a lot of them and sometimes you don't hear them. Right. But I've used you as an example for many guys on the court right. because of the effort that you put in and the type of planning you put in, which goes back to what I was talking about before. Planning for everything you do. Yeah, being a leader. Strategy, yeah. being a leader. That kind of correlates to CEOs and their businesses. Yeah. Without so a doubt. People get behind them. and Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Like Growing up, my parents, elementary school, middle school, they used to be, always tell me, you're either going to be a follower or a leader. Yep. But I'm not having a child that's going to be a, a follower. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So for me, I've always believed in leading people. But leading doesn't necessarily have to be being, it could just be being a role model. Either you think you are or you're not. Because most of the time, I feel like you're very, you could be a great role model for people that you don't even realize that you're a role model for. Like, I have kids that I'll go watch them play and they'll do a move that I always do. <laughs> I'll be like, Where'd you learn that from? And they'll tell me, Oh, I watched you do it. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that. But I think it's, yeah, I think leadership is super important because it ties into everything. Either you're working at a six figure job, whether you're working at a McDonald's where you're wearing as a waitress or anything or just playing sports but yeah being a good leader is something that I, I, I translates across every single board listen I have a full time job that requires yeah. a lot of time <laughs> I could very easily take time off from the coaching right Yeah. but am I there every day yeah and the reason I'm there every day is because I want to lead by example mm. it's not easy to do what I do but at the same point what kind of example am I putting forward for you guys yeah. if I'm showing up twice a week Mm. Who's this guy? Right. Why am I going to listen to him? He didn't even see us play the other night. You know, yeah. Elijah dropped forty-five the other night, and I didn't see it, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's awesome. But um, yeah, anything else you got to say, Max? That's all. You're very well spoken. No, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Jason. I thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure, guys. Guys, this is our first official interview. Hopefully, it goes as smooth as planned. But this is the first of many, and this is our first guy. Jason. Remember, don't be afraid to ask anything. It's how you're going to get better and understand it. Max, All right, guys. Elijah, thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. Bye, guys. <laughs> that was good.